Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. We're back, man. Episode 194. Yes, sir. Today, we've utilized almost all of the acoustic panels, finally. Yeah. So, you know, we're just enhancing that It just feels different. I'm so used to it being like, it's your boy, K. Fings. K. Fings. K. Fings. K. Fings. K. Fings. Yeah, it sounds like one of those monster (laughs) truck rallies. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Come on down to the monster truck rally. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, what was the, the famous monster truck back in the day? Gravedigger. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that might used to come to Bakersfield. Those little cheap commercials they would come out with? Yeah. <laughs> he had that rat. It was an old raspy uh, white man voice. Yeah, sound like every old white guy that smokes cigarettes. Yeah. Come on down. <laughs> See Gravedigger. Budweiser's in bikinis. Is it Budweiser? <laughs> Sponsored by Budweiser and everything Budweiser. <laughs> oh man all right let's get right into it man um new year's resolutions i and and see here we're at the top of the month it's the last month of the year it's december and this has to be one of the fastest years i've ever witnessed in my life Mm -hmm. it's like we went through all the covid shit in 2020 and then 2021 came around and then boom here we are at the end of the fucking year you sound like madden boom Tough acting to neck. <laughs> Madden used to fucking, like, the commentary during the video games was so weird. I hated it. Like, I, the, it was even worse when you start losing. You start losing? Yeah. Wow. Why is he even still playing the video game? He might as well just quit the game now. I would have punted the ball here. He's still I, going for it on fourth down. Wow. Can't believe he's going for it on fourth down. Didn't work the last three times. <laughs> like, man, it's man, right. fuck That would you. be a funny skit. Like, what is that? Madden 07 or something like that? Yeah. Where it felt like Madden was, like, really inside the game talking to you personally. Right. <laughs> like, Madden be like, imagine if Madden was commentating during sex. Wow, he's going for that weak-ass move again? <laughs> Missionary doesn't work. Should have went doggy style there, buddy. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All right. Um, New Year's resolutions, man. Um, I think that the reason why, I, 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 especially I brought it up so early, um, and well, it's not early, at the top of the year, was because people don't realize that they fat until January 1st. Mm-hmm. They don't realize that they broke till January 1st. Yeah. They don't realize that they have low self-esteem and anxiety and mental health issues till January 1st. Yeah. I just think that the new year is a revelation of all the things you tried to ignore. Mm-hmm. And now you face with that shit because you've another year of being the same exact motherfucker. Yeah. And and the unfortunate thing about it is there is a whole culture of people like that do this. And in January the gyms are filled up. But oh, wait a minute, the gyms may not be filled up because now we got the new COVID variant, which is the the latest excuse for motherfuckers to be lazy all over again. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Right, they're gonna be like, I'm not going to the gym. There's a new variant out. Mm-hmm. Like, motherfucker, you quit every year. You went to the gym from January 1st to January 3rd, and your ass never came back. Yeah. Some people said, like, I have a gym membership, but I don't go because of COVID. I'm like, then do you work out at home? They just lie. Like, people just lie. They, yeah. All this shit is it just it just validates their laziness. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, bro. Um, we live in a very toxic culture in regards to how we treat ourselves. Yeah. You know, you know they talk about, especially nowadays, you know, body positivity, right? Yeah. Body positivity. I think the most positive thing you could do for your body is take care of it. Yeah. Right? I think the, the most positive thing you could do is take care of your body, try to change your diet, 
You know, try to stop eating so much sodium. Stop mentally and physically, though. Mentally and physically, mm-hmm. 100%. When somebody is 400 pounds and then they talk about body positive, there's nothing positive. You're killing your fucking self. Yeah. And and I'll tell you what, um, my, like as far as my vantage point, it comes from the fact that I lost a teammate at 35 years old to a heart attack and my father lost his toe. He had his toe amputated due to diabetes. So mm-hmm. when I tell you that I feel like you should love your body, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I don't like to mention it too much, but I've mentioned my battles with dropping some weight. And people be like, well, Eddie, you're not fat. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm overweight. Technically, I need to get my weight down. I'm yeah. getting older, and it's not okay to have this on me. So I'm holding myself accountable and going through the proper channels to get my weight back down. Mm-hmm. What's the importance of like starting prior to the new year? The, the, the thing is, is you will have a leg up. Like, you will have a leg up starting as soon as possible then waiting until january 1st because what you're doing is is you're basically will be comparing yourself to everyone else that started when you started but if you go into a year with momentum you're not going until you're like everyone else Mm -hmm. you're not even having the same conversations because you've been doing this shit for weeks or months already yeah and you actually will take it seriously especially if you fall in love with the process and not the results so, yeah, so important. It's so Super important, important because yeah. if you only want the results, you're going to quit when you don't get them when you want when you get them. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't get them right away, people just give up. Yeah, that's fact. You fall in love with the process and you start getting results, it's just the it's just the, 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 the cherry on top. It's the grind, man. I think about um you know myself and I and I'm not where I want to be as as far as the structure of um, how I do things or how I operate, how the podcast goes, right. you know, my writing and music and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not where I want to be. Not as far as success. Success is, you know, it comes at its own time. But I'm, I'm not where I want to be as far as like the way I structure it. Like, right. you know, and um, I'm, I'm working towards that. But the January first is just another day to me. You know, yeah. it doesn't. Obviously, it's a new year, and it, you know, it kind of brings forth its own energy. The people around me kind of like are more excited about a new year than I am, right? Um, because the this the diligence in which I approach today is going to be the same diligence in which I approach uh, January first, twenty twenty two, and I think that's the the best way to operate because um, when you're, I, I think the people that kind of like lean on. Oh, it's a fresh start or new year, new me and, and all these these philosophies like it, it doesn't actually work because um, you're almost um, embedding an excuse to for the next three or so weeks to be the a lesser version of yourself. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, and most people that operate that operate like that don't really have a switch. Right. You know what I mean? Like I don't see I don't see uh you know anybody that's extremely overweight or that's you know that uh is their new year's resolution is to lose weight. They're, you know, magically going to start from January 1st and keep that going throughout the the whole year. And it, and right. th- we're talking about weight, but it's it's not even about that. It's about just anything you want to do whether starting right. a business or um you know, like, you know, you want to, you have goals and aspirations of, you know, you know, maybe getting an Etsy store up or maybe yeah. being like, maybe your thing is like Instagram or TikToks or whatever the case may be. Like, you got to start right now. Yeah, you do. And the, the, the most important reason you should start right now is because you don't know if you'll be here on January 1st. That's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. You don't want to die being a lesser version of yourself. Imagine if you died, and this is going to piss some people off, I'll be honest. 
But imagine if you died overweight, and, uh, bad mental health, um, uh, not you died not being your true higher self. Mm-hmm. You you died not even remotely attempting to try to accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. You would be fucking ashamed if there was any form of consciousness after we die. You would look at your life and say, "Man, I fucking blew it." You mm-hmm. only get one shot at this shit, man. Yeah. You only get one shot at this shit. So at the end of the day, if I was to die, you know, knock on wood, but it's all it's gonna happen to all of us. Well, we got wood here conveniently. Yeah, there's wood it. here conveniently. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, yo, I got 250 episodes, uh, 750 episodes, mm-hmm. whatever. You will always be able to hear me on SoundCloud because I've I've invested in myself enough to where I left something behind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let's go beyond that. Let's say, you know, you're getting older and you want to be, you want to get married. You want to find someone that you really want to be compatible with. Look at the things you're doing now and ask yourself, do you genuinely deserve that person? Look at your life. Are you always at the club? Are you always drinking? Are you always inebriated? What kind of person would want that? Until you become your higher self, you shouldn't expect that from anyone else. Mm -hmm. Me, I, I look at myself like this. I feel like I'm a decent guy. But what if I'm not man enough to have the woman that I say I want? Mm -hmm. That requires work. So I still have to work on becoming a better self, make sure I I continue to get myself together, whether it's from weight or anything else. I have things that I have to get done, continue Mm -hmm. to build on my finances, all of these things, because I want to be ready for that woman if she comes. Yeah, I think that's uh, one thing that in terms of relationships, we don't think about. Like, I think that um, most of us think about uh, finding a partner that you like or that you're attracted to and right. having this like uh, this this beautiful bond. But I don't think um, most people think about relationships in terms of what the other person needs to work on in order to like, 100% for uh, in order to deserve that, that yeah. thing. And, and sometimes it happens to where you miss out on, you know, a beautiful partner because you didn't put um, – the work in prior to getting that person. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a lot of people that they just miss out because their maturation was after their yeah. partner. Or, yes. you know, they were probably, you know, had one foot in a relationship, one foot in the streets, and mm-hmm. they messed around and cheated. And now they don't cheat no more, but that partner that they had is long gone. Yeah. Um, or just, you know, anything like you, you could have certain baggage that you're bringing into to certain relationships, you know, maybe. Uh, your your husband cheated on you, or your boyfriend cheated on you, or um, you just you got daddy issues, or all yeah. these things, and you you haven't worked through Fix them. That shit, yeah. And same same thing with dudes, like dudes be having daddy issues and stuff like that, or just anger issues, low emotional intelligence, and they're bringing all this stuff into to relationships, and you know you argue with your 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 husband or your wife fart one too many times and then you know you end up missing out on you know really good people because we haven't done the work on ourselves so i think um you know that's something that is rarely ever talked about but it's extremely important 100 percent. and i seen something recently i'm just gonna i'm gonna tie all this in where a guy mentioned you know uh he's seen a statement a lot of statements going around real men don't cheat you know and he said that's false real people cheat all the time Great people cheat. You know, Martin Luther King and all kind of other people mm-hmm. have cheated. Firemen. Jay-Z. There, there are women who have completely happy marriages with their husband and they still go suck some dick somewhere. There's all kinds of people who cheat. So it's not a real woman or a real man problem. It's a it's a discipline issue. So if you go into the new year and you're single and you've cheated on every girlfriend that you ever had, you need to make sure that you can have the discipline it takes 
to treat the next woman that you're with with the, the amount of respect and dignity that she deserves, mm-hmm. and you need to keep your dick in your pants. So these are things you need to work on, whether you're a woman or whatever. I've, I've, a woman told me one time that she's cheated on every boyfriend that she ever had. That's crazy. Right? And I was like, I wasn't, I was, I wasn't going to be with her at all. Like, it mm-hmm. wasn't like that. But I was just like, oh, man, this is just terrible. But I respected her for, that, for her saying that because it just showed, like, she recognizes you know, what's wrong with her, but you have to actually do the work to fix that shit. Yeah, I'm over that, that, you know, they say, like, the, in terms of addiction, like, the first step isn't, you know, admitting you're addicted or whatever, the recognition of it or whatever. This is like, that's just talk at the end of the day. Yeah, she was addicted, all right. She's addicted to dick. A lot of dick. Um, But yeah, I think, I think (laughs) that's just lip service. You know what I mean? It, It doesn't, it doesn't actually mean anything. I know people that can, that are drug addicts or, you know, do uh, just drink alcoholics or whatever. And they can recognize like, man, I know I got a problem, but, Mm -hmm. and it's just the same, the same thing. Same shit. Mm -hmm. You're not helping yourself or anybody else when you don't fix it. Mm -hmm. So when you're going into this next year, you talk about the resolutions and this, that, and the third, like do the work, man. Mm -hmm. Just, just, just pray that pray and do the work. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going into a new year. Um, I think that what holds more relevance than anything is are you a little bit better than you know you were a few weeks or month ago? Mm-hmm. If not, man, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Do you have uh, any resolutions that you care to share? You don't have to. I'm just asking. Do I have any resolutions? Mm-hmm. Um, not so much resolutions. I already have shit that I'm working on, mm-hmm. and I'm and my. I, you know, I don't have any resolutions. Mm-hmm. I have things that I've already started that I've been working on that I want to get done. Yeah, and these are things and goals that I've had for quite some time. Yeah, I don't have anything new, but I what I would say is I I would hope, um, because people talk to me about kids or marriage a lot. They'll be like, "So you're getting you're 36, man. Like you're getting old. You want to get married? I can't even envision the idea of marriage or kids without a good woman. Yeah, like I just don't. I don't even want to say. I don't even know if I want kids or not, but I think that if a decent woman was to come into my life and I'd be like, yo, this make it a lot easier. I want this woman to be the mother of my children, you know, yeah. then yeah. I would trigger that in me. Yeah. But I would say that I need to be eligible for a woman like that first before I can even, you know, make that real. And yeah. the only way that I'll know that I'm eligible for a woman like that is when I feel comfortable with the work that I've done on myself. Do I feel like I've made some strides in my life? Yes. But do I feel like I'm completely eligible? No. I'll be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. I feel like I still need work. And I feel like if, if 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 that's something that I want long term, there are some things that I have to get done in my own life before I can even have that as an expectation. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the biggest issue I have with a lot of people is your expectations don't match the work that you need to do on yourself. So you expect some knight in shining armor to come sweep you off your feet, but you suck in four dicks a week. Yeah. Like you you need to calm down. Like I I don't think that any solid woman or man is going to want someone who is always in the streets because you can't cold switch and go from fucking half the town to all of a sudden you're a wife or all of a sudden you're a husband. You have to make that transition mentally and then it becomes a real change. It's a it's an energy thing. Like you can't you can't. um, You know, we talk about uh, the law of attraction. Right. You know what I mean? So if you're working on yourself. If you, if you are that person that you know you just uh, a um, very um, 
worldly with your with your body with your body parts and stuff like that yeah you, you can't expect to have like you can't expect to find a good wife because you're going to be attracting a bunch of hoes for lack of a better that's term. a fact you know what i mean so if you're a person if you're that person and you want to finally settle down and you want to do mm-hmm. something you gotta like cut a lot of that stuff out cold turkey work on yourself start reading books start hitting the gym just you know be the best version of yourself right so when you do run across and and the thing about it too is as far as the law of attraction goes the the places you put yourself in are going to be one million percent more than likely the the place that you meet that that significant person so you know um i don't think this really happens in today's day and age but Mm -hmm. if you're a person that um you know you like You'd be like, man, I'm I'm not going to the club no more. I'm gonna just start hitting the library on on Friday evenings and just you know try to look for a new book every you know. Every, and then you run into the librarian or you know somebody else yeah. on the same wave, like y'all y'all reading the same type of self help books or something like that. Yeah. And that that's just how um, changing your behaviors and and um, you know putting a positive spin on your story um, can lead you to just. Being around better people, hundred percent. Just to be honest, too, is, is people say things. I've heard some statements like, um, like you know, you're not going. You need to go out. You're not going to find the love of your life sitting on the couch or whatever like that. And and this is like to be honest, bro. Like, there is no place to meet people. Mm-hmm. That's such a bullshit statement. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not saying you should sit on your couch. I think you should be proactive, but don't go out to meet people. You Everyone need, has a different story, too. A hundred percent. Like, if you do go to the library, you're going to genuinely read books, mm-hmm. and you're going to grow your knowledge on something. You may bump into some women there, and that type of woman may be on the same like same wavelength as you. You're both in the fucking library. Mm-hmm. That's a be- that's a great place to meet somebody instead of inebriated at a club. Yeah, you can't when you, find a wife. At no, the, the girl that you thought was wife material at the club, she fooled you, brother. Because mm-hmm. the last four dudes done had her in the last four weeks. Mm-hmm. The, when you like, when you can't put yourself around low energy and expect something to come out of it, and mm-hmm. this is the biggest mistake. And for all the people listening to this, I just want you to think about where you met the last four or five people you've dated, and ask yourself why the fuck it didn't work out. Oh, you met him at Club Bricks. You thought he was cute, huh? <laughs> okay, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 no, you met him at that bar. Oh, that's oh, that didn't work out. Yeah. Oh, 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 you met him over at a nightclub in L.A. Oh, that didn't work out. Why the fuck you think it didn't work out? Oh, you met him on Tinder. Oh, you met him on a dating app. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, that didn't work out. Why the fuck do you think it didn't work out? Yeah. Look at the freaking look at the places that you're entertaining these people at. Mm-hmm. That's why it don't work. I'd rather meet a woman at a gas station. That don't mean she's a good woman. Mm -hmm. I'd rather meet a woman at a fucking grocery store or gas station where at least I could actually have a conversation face-to-face than be in a loud club full of strangers who are drunk Mm -hmm. and expect to actually meet a real human being. That shit is crazy. So another thing you got to do is you have to put being mature only allows you to be in so many places. So if you work on yourself, you're going to be like, yo, why am I around these low vibrating, these low vibrating people? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not with this. Girls don't like low vibrations either. Man, I'm going to tell you the biggest red flag. If a person cannot have fun without drinking or smoking, get rid of them. Mm -hmm. If you need to drink or smoke to be having any type of fun, get rid of these people. Because there's some people that have such a low emotional iq and they have like um this form of like social anxiety and they don't feel secure within their own personality to be um to be sober around people they feel like they need to be inebriated in order to have some type some type of to be more socially um 
inept or mm-hmm. I guess hopefully I'm using the right diction. Mm-hmm. But if they if you run into people like that, stay away from them. Mm-hmm. All they're all they're doing to themselves is sinking themselves even lower. Yeah, it's some people. It's some women that I know, and I'm not gonna say no names, obviously, but attractive attractive women. You know, probably around my age, maybe a little younger. Um, but all they do is drink and smoke and complain about men. And it's like, yo, look at yourself. All you do is drink and fucking smoke. If if I'm a dude, I'm gonna keep it real. All I want from you is some pussy. I don't want I don't want nothing from you but pussy because I can't trust a woman. That all she do is drink and smoke. The same way a woman shouldn't trust a dude that all he doing is chasing pussy and being at the club every week. You should never trust a man like that. You know, it's sad about those the, that those sector of women you're talking about. That a lot of them are actually like nice human beings. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? They could grow into like somebody that could be a great mom. A hundred percent. But they just have these habits that are not conducive to having no real exactly. long-term relationship. And now, they haven't figured that out yet, and it's unfortunate. Keith is 8 million percent true. And, that, and I mean, right. I said true. That, that <laughs> is, that's a true statement. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean these women are bad people. Really nice, probably very nice, really cool people. But the type of people and things you entertain is the shit that's keeping you from what you want. Mm-hmm. And this is what we keep, re- the cycle we keep repeating. Yeah. I've gotten to a place in my life where I just like, nah, I've had multiple women over, I don't want to, I don't know how much, how much, what span of time, but I was telling Keith, they'll hit you up like, hey, like I'm hella drunk right now. I want to come by. I want to hang out. And I'm just like, uh, I'll make up a lie or something. Like, oh, I'm not home. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I'm tired. I got to go to sleep. I got to go to work. Yeah. I'll make up a lie. I don't want to fuck a drunk woman at 36 years old. <laughs> <laughs> what do I look like? I'm a grown ass man. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe if I was 21, 22, but it's just this just so low to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, to have a woman in the house and her, her fucking it's eyes sloppy, sloppy eyes rolling all in the back of her head, and I'm fucking that. No, that thank eyelashes you. Eyelashes falling off, and then not to mention, like, like you can't ever complain about men if you want to fuck and have drunk sex all the time. We got an actual topic about this. We'll get into mm-hmm. next, but. Mm-hmm. It's certain things that you gotta stop, dog. I think I think one um, New Year's resolution for a lot of people is to, um, or what they actually should look into, because the weight loss, the the money goals, the all these things, um, and and there there is a um, a real science to actually visually seeing things that you're writing down. Like mm-hmm. that's an important aspect of it. But I think one a resolution that more people should look into is. Um, Getting rid of some friends, oh, yeah, because it's a lot. It's a lot of people out there hanging on to relationships, or um, you know, just because you you've been friends since high school, or just because y'all been dogs since you mm-hmm. know since college or whatever the case may be. But so a lot of people are holding on to friendships that are like bringing them down emotionally, bringing right. them down, you know, career wise, and all these different things. And we, you know, we we primarily focus on like the growth aspect of a lot of stuff. But I think there's some some small things that we can do as people to make your life better. Like imagine all that time you spent like, you know, answering the phone calls for your friend that is mm-hmm. that just can't get their life together. Yeah, or, oh know, my god. That person that is just negative, you know, just the type of energy they bring around every time you, you hang out with them or the person that's not really not really elevating you. 100%. You know what I mean? Like that I think, you know, the the best thing um you could do for yourself is to surround yourself by people that are like go-getters and that's yeah. going that's going to motivate you to go get it cuz they're going to be bringing you ideas and Yeah. 
stuff like that versus the people that's just bringing you down or I always want to gossip when you're around or y'all just sit around and scroll through Instagram and look at the girls in the bikinis or whatever the case may be. Um, just, you know, I, I just think that's uh, important. You have to evaluate whether you have friends or enablers. Mm-hmm. You're either enabling them to keep the same behavior because you don't got the balls to tell them about themselves, or they're enabling you to be the same exact human being you've always been. Mm-hmm. If somebody is not trying to help propel you or you're not trying to push each other, then you need to get rid of them. Point blank, period. Some people, you can't even be honest with them because they got their heads shoved so fucking far up their own ass that they will fight you to, to tooth and nail about something that they really have a problem with, but they'll try to convince you it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's like, motherfucker, I'm try- if, if I can't talk to you as a friend and tell you, yo, you need to stop drinking so much. You got two DUIs. You need to chill out. You're like, no, I'm not really an alcoholic. I just got caught up. Like, no, motherfucker, you are alcoholic. You need to get help. Yeah. If they can't, if you tell them that and they don't want to listen, get rid of these people. And whatever outcome comes in their life, that's on them. Yeah, I think I think one one thing too, like you know, as far as like recognizing your your friend, uh, your friend group and stuff like that, you gotta be mindful of like what type of information you could tell these people. Yeah, you know, because sometimes like sometimes like we like to uh, guard our issues that we're dealing with. But if you, you know, say you say you going through it one week and you just like, hey, man, um, you know, is it cool if I hit you up? Like, I, I just got some stuff I want to get off my chest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they not really trying to hear that or they don't give you and not you don't even necessarily need advice from these people, but they just mm-hmm. not giving you a listening ear, you know, or mm-hmm. they giving you that dismissive advice. Like, man, get over that. Like, I know. uh I know your girl cheated on you or whatever, but man, it's a lot of hoes out here. Like you know that type of like yeah. lame advice. That's yeah. not the type of people you should you should be hanging around. Like I think I think it's important to like low key like test people. Like yeah. test people with you know obviously your feelings and emotions, but um, even like information. You know yeah. sometimes like you could say something to somebody and then you know all of a sudden you hear it from you know somebody you didn't even tell it to, and you're just like yo, like this person is out here gossiping about me or telling yeah. you know personal information confidential information about me there's certain ways you can tell people selfish I'm gonna keep it real and this may sound like a bad test to some people like if I'm chilling with a, with a young lady and we've hung out a few times and I've taken her on a few dates and, e- and each time I paid or whatever I'm not tripping but at some point I expect for you to you know, step up and say like, "Oh no, I got this." I, you know, I'll yeah, pay for reach this. for the uh, reach for the tab. Yeah, reach for the tab and at least do it. If if you didn't took somebody out all these times and they don't do it, they have a certain amount of selfishness mm-hmm. to just allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some people say, "No, that's not true." You know, a man should always take care. Nah, fuck all that. You know, you know what? Too, I th- I think that that idea is kind of lame. But I also know that people that are saying that probably aren't actually taking women out that often, right? Because me and my girl, we went to uh, Tahoe Joe's and we didn't actually have to pay for it because um, we had a gift card gifted to us. But the meal was like $66, right? So, and that's not no chump change. You know what I mean? If you spend in $66 on a meal, like that's a- Was that for just y'all too? Yeah, for for both of us. Okay, which is not you know it's not it's not, it's not crazy, cheap, but, it's but not it, cheap, but it yeah, ain't crazy. Tahoe Joe's is definitely one of the restaurants yeah. where you spending like yeah. twenty five thirty bucks on on each meal. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah, um, I say that to say if you a, if you a guy and you courting women consistently, maybe you taking two 
two, three women out over the course of a month or mm-hmm. you and your girl are eating out that consistently, like I said in your pocketbooks. Oh, it's in your pocketbooks hard. Yeah, that's a hundred and you know, if you go two two, three times, that's hundred and twenty dollars easily. Yeah, a woman pull out her pocketbook, let her pay for everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm all like the first date, I'm like, yo, me a hundred percent I'll pay for that. Second date, me a hundred percent I'll pay for that. You know what I'm saying? Um if I, it, if it's ser- if it's serious, like let's say the the projection between y'all is serious. Cause when it if it's serious, then eventually I expect for her to step up. Yeah. But if it's just like we just probably from the fuck or something, we're not gonna make it to the third date. So if I ain't fucked by the third date, then Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean it's set even outside of like the um the uh that the dating stuff, like just um a woman, it says a lot about a woman if she's just willing and I've been on I wouldn't even call them dates, but I've had like lunch with like a female friend or something like mm-hmm. that or breakfast or something like that. And right. um, she's reached for the tab and it's been like a low key argument and she'd be like, no, don't worry about it. I got it. I'd be like, all right. And then I'll just put some cash for the tip or something like that. 100%. But That's it just fine. says it says a lot about you that you're willing to. It does. Almost like outside of the um, being a good person, but also breaking these like female stereotypes. Facts or these gender norms or these gender roles and stuff like that. Because especially like you know we all, a lot of women are pushing for equality and stuff like that. So I think that's a like a small step that we can all just kind of like normalize. You know the the women um, you know paying certain bills or women picking up the tab or you know just women taking care of they their man and the hundred percent. The men generally take care of women. It was I was listening to a podcast and this dude said like I knew this is when I knew that I needed to marry my wife. He's like, uh, he was, he was like, he was always used to being a breadwinner and taking care of the family, and he had like a, a pretty long spread where he couldn't find work, and it was getting real tough, and he was getting real broke, and he started, um, he basically had like his balance was down like a couple dollars, and they went out to eat. And he felt embarrassed that his wife had to pay, or no, his girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. had to pay for the meal. So she Venmoed him. She's like she texted him to check his phone. She Venmoed him the money so he could pay at the table. Oh dang! And I mean that's a little bit of ego to me, but at the same time, it meant a lot to him because it showed like that she cared about him. Yeah. So he was like, when I get my when I get my money right, I'm about to get her a ring. And he mm-hmm. said, I guess he he started working. He working all this overtime and stuff. And his girl was like wondering like, what's going on with this guy? Like I understand he want to work, but come on, man. And then all of a sudden, he came back with a fat rock. Mm -hmm. And he was like, will you marry me? And she was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So that speaks, that says a lot. There's women out here that will take care of their dude. Some people consider it like, oh, you can't be spoiling no man. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Like, man, if you go on a vacation or something and you want to spend all the money, I'm not going to ever argue with women that want to do that. You you know, it's funny, too. Like, we, uh, I guess there's, like, celebrity relationships that we idolize. Um. Very rarely is it a relationship where the female ain't doing nothing. Like even yeah. if I don't know if many many people actually looked up to Kim and Kanye, but there I'm sure there were probably some people out there. But Kim Kardashian is extremely successful as a mm-hmm. business woman. You know Kanye is a businessman, and obviously Jay Z and Beyonce they both you know two of the top musicians over the past two decades. And you know we when we when we think about you know. I don't know if it's healthy to idolize relationships, but no. I just say like, you know, in terms of kind of building that 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 power dynamic or that king and queen, you know, the empire that you you want to have as far as a relationship goes, I think it's important to have 
and that's just a small thing, like a partner that is just willing to pay for a dinner. But it says yeah, so much as far so as much. your, you know, your your relationship goes. Yeah, people always be posting about that whole start of empire thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, shut up. Most of y'all just watch Empire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How you going to start an empire with a nigga you met at Club Bricks? <laughs> the fuck are you talking about, yo? Yeah. That's so wild. Yeah. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. we strayed a little bit from the, top, from the topic. But ultimately, you know, when you go into this next year, whatever you wanted to do, at least look up information online. Find a way to get that ball rolling now because you will go into the new year with momentum. And I guarantee you, by the time January 1st starts, you will be eyes and ears ahead of everyone who is barely thinking about becoming a better person in the new year. Oh, by the way, last but not least, we're all going to die. So knowing that we're all going to die should be a motivational force that gets you to move your ass. I've been to the funerals of... I've seen four men in the last few years uh, that are exactly my age that died. Mm-hmm. Okay? So n- tomorrow is not promised. Your next moment's not promised. Make sure you do something about this shit, man. I think even um, this office space two, three years ago, I think it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the ball rolling in December of, you know, prior to the, the new year coming along. And I, I think I paid up the, the two months the deposit in and the, the first month's rent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got the keys, I think. I don't, I don't believe it was New Year's, but it might have been like the second or the third or something like mm-hmm. that. And then like, but I had got the, you know, the ball rolling prior to the end of the year. So yeah. I think um, it's just it's just good momentum to mm-hmm. go into t- to the new year. And I, and I think like, you know, if you, you switch the way that we think about January 1st, um, think about it as, Think about it in terms of um, when you start to to do things consistently, when you start to accomplish goals, you could you could think about it as more of a reflective thing. Because I think the way we tend to look at it now is more of a negative thing. Not negative in the sense of like we're doing bad, but we're we're always like, dang, I need to do this. But when you're when you're operating in a way where you're actually accomplishing things, you can take January first as like, yo, I I bought a house. Yeah, hey, I got my credit right. Yeah. Hey, Save five thousand dollars this year. Hey, yep. I got a new car. So I think yep. um, you know that's the the thing. Even in, even for me, like I look back on some of the stuff I wrote down and I accomplished. Not every single one of them, but right. but I did I did accomplish some of the things on there, and it, and it feels really good. And it feels really good to know that you're not you're not waiting on a time slot. Exactly. You know, so yeah. Well, there's that, folks. Switching gears. Um, Drunk sex is a problem in America. Uh, I did some time looking up some statistics in regards to drunk sex. Um, and this is, this is something funny me and Keith found um, before the pod, but I don't really know how relatable this is. But I'll read this before we even go into the conversation. It's about plan B, actually. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know you, you slip up, either the condom bust, or you just simply don't have protection yeah it says plan b has a weight limit of 155 pounds but it's still safe to take morning after pills even if you fall above the recommended weight limit although there's a chance they might not be as effective it's not likely to pose any health risk so it won't cause any health risk but your ass might get pregnant yeah so if you messing with a thick girl make sure you get her two pills instead of one (laughs) she need a plan c pill (laughs) (laughs) a plan d Uh, it's women out there that's not fat at all. They just thick. Yeah, and this plan B ain't gonna work. (laughs) 
That's crazy. I didn't even know that. Yeah. It's, pro- it's probably a lot of people that I doubt they read the back of the, the thing or whatever, and they took it, and they still end up having a baby, and it was like, man, I thought this was going to work. Yeah, well, but yeah. they didn't know they was five hundred. I mean, one hundred and fifty-six. Ooh, five hundred. One hundred and fifty-six. Yo, them five hundred pound girls be having uh, boyfriends doing on uh, was it my was it my six hundred pound life or whatever? They be in relationships. Yeah, they be having a boyfriend. They be having sex. I don't know how they, if they having sex. Is that you? If you that big, you can have sex in any crevice. Yeah, they be like, oh, get because most women got you three holes that you could probably p- penetrate, but you know. If you that big, you could probably put it in between. I, like a- I think when you get that big, sex is not conventional. Like sex turns into like pancakes or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ooh, that syrup. Oh. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't even know how that how that works. Shit, are you asking me? I don't know. Yeah. You know? Um, it says, here are some facts about alcohol abuse. Uh, this this was really strange. It says eighty um, percent of first sexual experiences occur under the influence of alcohol, and it says some stat here underneath. I don't know how serious or how bad this is, but it's troubling. 40- well, where is it? You got to cite your sources, man. The source is from the source is from. Jeez, it says value value valueoptions dot com. Okay, um, and then another one: alcohol stats and statistics. It mm-hmm. says under 40% of men believe it's acceptable to force sex on a woman who is drunk. That's that's nuts. Under 40% believe that. Yeah, it says 40% of men believe it's acceptable to force sex on a woman who is drunk. That's a wild. That's a wild. Yeah, that's suit. That's crazy. That's a crazy one. Yeah. Yeah, but then there's another statistic and this one is bad. Mm-hmm. This is another bad one. Um This one states and by the way, this is just people in general, but it says survey finds average woman has eight sex partners and is drunk at least five of them. That's crazy. That's a crass fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. It says some women having way more than a cocktail to ease their dating jitters, according to a new study. Researchers surveyed 3,000 British women ages of 18 to 50. Okay, this one is a British study. There's another one too, American study. I got a couple of different studies. That hen- I heard that Henny dick hit different though. What? What do you mean? That henny dick? I ain't never had henny dick in my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. And then here's the thing. Now, now here's the thing. Now people are gonna misinterpret it. I said I ain't never had henny dick. They'd be like, "This nigga Eddie had." Dick. <laughs> I know what you mean. I have never personally drink Hennessy and yeah, gave the gave dick never, for all the people that might dick. come on here with a fucking joke. <laughs> yeah, but to make a long story short, most people and there was another one that said. Uh, yeah, it was it was mirroring this one. It says eighty percent of people have drunk sex. Mm-hmm. That's that's scary, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it speaks to a couple problems. One, we got an alcohol issue for one. Yeah, and two, um, it lowers your inhibitions. the The most scary thing that I would never want to hear is I uh, let's me, me say me and a girl hanging out. We have sex. We both come and we go to sleep or take a nap or whatever, and she wakes up like, oh my god. What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's one of my biggest fears. Mm-hmm. Especially in 2021, you don't want to be in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. And that's not cool, man. Like you, I don't know. It's, it's just really strange how many people, like I mentioned this, we were talking about a minute ago, um, young lady wanted to invite herself over and she said she was drunk and I kindly declined. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable having sex with drunk women. Mm-hmm. And then there are many other occasions where women will try to get you drunk. 
Yeah. He'd be like, well, I got, I, I tell him like, I got to drive home. I can't, I can't drink. They'd be like, just try this. Just drink this. Just drink this. And it's like, I don't understand why you're trying to get me drunk. Yeah. I guess, you know, it's one of those things where, um, I think a lot of people are not comfortable just being themselves and just having sex. So they got to, you know, sip a little bit in order to, to feel like, just to feel more comfortable. But I, I, to, to me, and I don't drink, but I would imagine like if I am not comfortable doing something sober, like what would make me more comfortable right. doing it when I was drunk? Right. Now, it doesn't bother me to have a beer or two, but I don't need the beer. There's a difference. Like I don't need the beer to have sex. Also, like the the drunk thing is different. Like, you know, it's, it's one another, thing to yeah. sip some wine when you're chilling with your female right. or whatever the case may be, but you got to be drunk like. To, in order to have sex, that's wild. That's wild, yo. Yeah. That's wild, and it's and it's the average. I think that people are that are listening to this podcast now. They're going to reevaluate what what they've been doing because I guarantee you that people are listening. Like, you know, if they're married, they're not going to be drunk while they're like married. Some probably do need dr- to drink before they have sex. It said it said that in there, the married and is, single. You said did. that some some of the there were some women that said that they need they drink every time. Before having sex with their partner, that shit is yeah, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, married and single, that's true. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, some some I, I would imagine like you know some people may not be attracted to their their partner or you know just not the sex may not be that great, so they got to. Here, here's another one: three or four women drink before sex survey survey finds many women say they prefer to drink alcohol before having sex because it makes them more confident about their sexuality and lowers their inhibitions. Um, Three out of four women surveyed included both married and single women um, said they like to drink before sex. And about half said they like to be tipsy during sex because it lowers their inhibitions. Six percent of the 3000 women said they had never had sex while sober, while 14 percent said they can't they can't sleep with their significant other without drinking first. The women surveyed surveyed had an average of eight partners and have been drunk when having sex with at least five of the eight. The fact that alcohol plays an integral role in their love lives shows that women are looking for a boost in self-esteem when it comes to their bedroom antics, said Catherine Lakeland um, of, Fem- of Fem Fresh, whatever. Dang, your brother is just blowing up with text message. Um, but in doing so, many women will be losing self-control, and this is when drunken one-night stands are more likely to occur. Mm-hmm. But let's be clear. These surveys are more or less speaking about women, but men are drunk as well. Mm-hmm. So this is the, these studies, it's not a collaborative study with men and women, but most men are also drunk. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're too old to keep doing this, bro. We got to start breaking these cycles. Yeah. Too old. You're too old to be going to these places and drunk. And then the thing about it, too, is like, I think a lot of it, too, is like you want to absolve yourself from this situation. Like, you'd be like, I'm not... Like, I'm not a slut, I'm not a hoe, I'm just drunk, and I just want to have fun. And it's Mm -hmm. like, if you don't want to do, if you feel ashamed of doing what you're doing, then don't do it. Well, yeah, that's that's, that's that's a simple concept. Mm -hmm. That's scary, though. I think that, like, especially like you said, in 2021, where, um, you know, there's many people coming out and saying they been uh raped and there's all these sort of uh, yeah it's terrible and man. The, the definitions are becoming more and yeah, more, more defined nuanced. yeah so it's just like you know whether they're saying like um i forget what the the definition of it uh, i think they're calling it rape if you uh remove the condom or they're trying to make that like um they're trying to like define that in the law so that there's you know 
there's that's fucked up though. You should never do that. Yeah, that's, that's why that's wild, bro. Yeah. You having sex with a chick, you just take the condom off and you fucking that's strange. You could have a the fucking disease and give it to her. That's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's bad. Mm-hmm. That should be a crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always if I'm having sex with a chick and we're not together, I would I am so I would be mortified to take my condom off. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, yo, I'm not trying to be stuck with this chick for my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, fuck I that. Can, yeah, I couldn't imagine. It's a, it's a lot of loose loose guys out here. Some dudes, they rarely, some dudes use condoms less than they don't use condoms. Yeah, that's weird. Sense. Yeah. And, and, or they'll look at the girl and be like, oh, I ain't using no condom with her. Yeah, bro. And it's like that one decision going to give you a kid or a fucking disease for the mm-hmm. rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Sad, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The thing about it too is, like I mentioned before, I'm not. This is not a slut shaming podcast, right? Uh-huh. And and I, I I hate that term, by the way. But casual sex is fine. There's nothing wrong with casual sex mm-hmm. at all. But the biggest issue is a lot of people cannot be responsible. Yeah, and they bring their irresponsibilities. And usually, when you have sex with someone and it's casual, they're not always the most responsible person. Mm-hmm. So it's like the last dude probably hit him with no condom, and now they're like, "Hey, what's up, Keith?" Um, mm-hmm. We can hang out, but then you use a condom, and it's like, if a woman says some shit like, well, you don't have to use a condom if you don't want to. If they say <laughs> some shit like that. I ain't going to front. I heard that before. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> like, I don't need you to make that decision for me. Yeah, right. If you hear that, I'll just be like, I don't even know if I want to pussy. <laughs> I got so, Yeah, girls be wild, man. That's, a, yeah. I've, sometimes it's, it's, it's one thing for like, you know, like uh, I guess, like women to protect themselves, but a lot of times dudes got to protect their own. A hundred percent, because girls be out here loose too. But dudes be too stupid, and a lot of times that men are so driven by sex that they'll just do anything. Yeah, I heard some wild stuff, like, um, like, um, yeah, I, I I missed my birth control this month, so you're gonna have to wear a condom. I'm like, uh, I didn't need to know that. <laughs> I'm I'm strapping up regardless. <laughs> Oh, that was like I'm. I might be on my period. I might not be on it. I mean, I'm not too sure. And yeah. you'd be like, man, I'm not trying to like have a, a bloodbath in here. Yeah, that's wild. People just be super irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just be be smart about what you do. Especially too, like the 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 capacity in which I met some 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 of these women. Um, you know for sure that these women are sleeping with other dudes. 100%. And, you know, for a girl to say, like, oh, you don't have to wear a condom, that means, like, she's probably not wearing a condom with her other yeah. dude out there. And, and he's se- having sex with however many other women. Yeah. And it's just like, you know. You know what's fucked up? If you think about the people that you've had relations with over the years, imagine that there was this large, like, a bracket, right? A bracket, like, like the bracket system where it mm-hmm. shows, like, Okay, this person has sex with this person. You know how when they like basically they found out people having HIV, mm-hmm. like they narrow it down, like they'd be like, This person has sex with this person mm-hmm. and this person he didn't use protection, this person, but this person had AIDS. It right? looked like the NCAA bracket. It, yeah, it looks like a big bracket. Imagine mm-hmm. like a bunch of names. It's almost it looks like a honeycomb, basically, mm-hmm. but, a, but with a bunch of names on it. Yeah. Imagine if they had a bracket and all the people you slept with, and eventually somebody had sex with like an animal or some shit. <laughs> It's for show some dog lovers that didn't have sex with a dog out there. It's so terrible. I, there was this guy. I, I, you know how like older people take in people for some weird reason? Like yeah. it'd be like your great grandma or your grandma or something like that would just have a random guy living with them for like three or four months. That's just kind of down on their luck. My uh, 
my grandma had this guy, I don't even know his name, some 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 white dude, but he had a dog that lived with him and he was staying in the in the garage at my grandma's house. And uh, <laughs> I think it was my mom or my dad or somebody said they had walked in and the dog was like low key underneath the blanket. Like imagine like imagine me chilling right here and the dog is underneath the blanket and I got, you know, I got like just a cover yeah. covering the dog. And there might have been like some peanut butter or something laying around. <laughs> it was just a weird oh, no. setup. Yeah, and it was just like like yeah. So he would have been on that bracket. It would have been like Buddy right here, and uh. John right here. <laughs> oh my God, poor dog. Yeah, call CPS. Yes, yeah, you terrible. can't call CPS for animals though. That's like Peter or something. Yeah, Peter would come in there with Peter. Get him out of there, yo. Yeah. Peter, right now, I seen that on Brittany this podcast. They was talking about Peter came out with this skin jacket, like it was like a fake skin jacket, almost like a play on how we use animals for, for like for, a human skin. Yeah, jacket. yeah, oh, that's yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, they was like, "Yo, at this point, Peter is just fucking trolling right now." I think they troll a lot. Yeah, they troll Especially a lot. Social media. Yeah, yeah. He, this and then uh, 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 Mouse Jones. Shout out to Mouse. Mouse said, "I wonder what these people have in their house." You can't, yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff is animal products, so yeah. That that would be that. You know, it would be really interesting if like the CEO of PETA was like this huge gamer, like this huge hunting. Yeah, because you know? I would be thinking like, you know, you know, uh, even like like a Joe o- Joel Osteen. He has like a sketchy history oh, of like fuck. Go ahead. He has a sketchy history of like the obviously the money thing in the wall and yeah. then not letting people in during the drought and stuff like yeah. that. So. You know, I always think about uh, the worst thing, the worst possible things when it comes to some of these, uh, like, you know, these very strong one-sided, you know, companies like PETA, churches and stuff like that. Yeah. PETA is just, look, at the end of the day, there was a comedian that made a joke. They talked about it. And it says, if you love animals so much, why are you eating their food? Facts. That's facts. <laughs> then it was another joke they made. They said like you don't eat animals because they're live. Uh, they're live organisms, right? But a plant is a live organism. That yeah, I always thought that. <laughs> even even if you don't, even if you're like, well, that's just not how you know they have a circle of life and all that. If you look at a Venus flytrap, that's like half. That's like a half an animal and half a plant. It's yeah. like a weird. I don't even know how they delineate that or designate that right. as far as like the plant kingdom but that is like eating it's a carnivore yes it is it's eating flies and i'm just like it doesn't even seem real but if you uh look at that and relate that to the plants and the vegetables and lettuce and stuff that you're eating uh i think you would change your mind yeah 100 percent, man mm-hmm. so shout out to and pe- i think look. like some plants low-key be having feelings they do because um you know, you hear these stories about playing music for your plants and, you know, how people uh, like play music for their plants and water them in the morning and stuff right. like that and how vibrant they'll be. Right. Like that. So we honestly, we don't know enough about plants. Like we've only been probably researching plants and stuff for, you know, I don't know how many years, a few thousand years. Right. Yeah. Um so if we think about like how much information, like information is exponential. Yeah. So that's, who knows? Who knows? Maybe in ten years we'll be like, oh, you know, plants actually have feelings. Plants actually right. have relationships. This plant like identifies that. as um, leafy. This is a homosexual plant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is 
is a non-binary plant. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> oh, this is so crazy. Oh my goodness. Oh, this is a transracial plant. You could play certain you could play certain music you said for plants. Yeah. And you know, I guess that affects the growth. But imagine, like, if you start playing rap music and then the plant gets shot, <laughs> the plant gets shot. <laughs> the plant gets shot up. You be like, "Yo, somebody shot my plant, yo!" My Venus flytrap started listening to Tupac and got shot. <laughs> you play, you start playing NBA Young Boy, and the plant start growing dreads. <laughs> Uh, oh, your plants start listening to Lil Wayne and just start drinking lean. It start, oh man, yo, what's up? You seen Lil Wayne recently? <clears throat> uh uh-uh. uh My God, dude. Actually, I seen him in a music a music video with Corday. Um, yeah, I, I, it, yeah, I don't know. I love Lil Wayne. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan, but that he's looking a little bit. And and here's a problem, man. Like. You can like this. It's like you you don't want to be an asshole and make observations about someone's life and how they look and this and that. And I don't know if he's dealing with something or if he's just on something. But Little Wayne and Soldier Boy need to go to rehab, from what I can see, because I don't mm-hmm. want to be like that person that's shitting on him. Mm-hmm. But I have a genuine concern for Little Wayne. Mm-hmm. He's barely older than me. You're like thirty eight? No, I think Little Wayne's thirty nine or mm-hmm. four. Is he forty yet? I think he's 39. No way, dude. He's been rapping so fucking long, but he started at 11 years old. Yeah. Let's see. Lil Wayne. This is... Google is dope. Okay. Google. Uh, He's 39. Yeah. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Same age as my sister. This motherfucker... Because I remember been- on, it was trending on Twitter... Um- I don't know when his birthday was, but some people was like, yo, Lil Wayne ain't even 40 yet. And yeah. I was like, Damn, <laughs> he been, been rapping around. since he was 11. That's a, that's, that's a trippy part about um, select, like a Chris Brown or even a Bow Wow or these kind of guys. Like they've been around for so long, you'd be thinking they older than they are. But yeah, it's crazy. It says, <clears throat> oh, somebody put, what is Lil Wayne's sickness? It says, Wayne, who has epilepsy, was transported to Northwestern Memorial where he had another seizure. Oh, God. But I think a lot of these seizures have been linked to the fucking promethazine too. Yeah, the lean and not sleeping, you know. Yeah. You know, some people be in the studio for however many hours and stuff. That's what uh, Rick Ross said. Yeah. Know, saying that. Ross has some little the, uh, video recently. He's like, we got to thank God for life. Thank God to the doctors to save me. <laughs> I got love for Rick Ross. He kind of yeah. like, when... He likes to. He still makes really good music. Yes, but, he does. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he would ever retire from music, but once he's like, you know, his post rap career is going to be uh, oh, yeah. a super legendary one. Like, who knows? Like, where did he can? Who knows where he goes from here? He'll be having a conversation <laughs> and randomly throw something about food in there. Like, I, you know, I started up a lot of businesses, and then I said, you know what? I want to invest in something that I really like, so I invested in Wingstop. Mm-hmm. I get the lemon pepper with about nine pieces with a little bit of season extra on there. Oh, <laughs> like, he, he's like the best marketer. He'll be on the yeah. Breakfast Club talking about Wingstop and all that. And he actually promoting a book, but yeah, he always throwing the Wingstop, the uh, the uh, the checkers in there and uh, stuff he investing in. Rick Ross will make you buy some shit you really don't need. You'll yeah. be like, why should I buy these wings? What's so different about them? They taste heavenly. 
<laughs> uh, what's the name? Uh, Charlemagne always say Rick Ross needed to do a, like a cookbook where he's narrating a cookbook or something. Oh like my that. God, that'd be so dope. Yeah. It's like these chicken wings will make you slap your mama. I know she gave you birth and I know you don't want to be disrespectful, but you eat my wings, you go slap your mom in the face. <laughs> Straight up. In my yeah, yo. <laughs> Dade County. <laughs> Blast is on Rick Ross's new album. Blast is everywhere. Yeah, that nigga's everywhere. He's on Nas, but not on Nas' album. This guy is everywhere. Shout out to Blast, yo. Yeah, that's not too. I don't know if too many like up and coming artists has have had the OG stamp as much as like Blast. That shit is ridiculous. Because I don't, I don't, I can't say. Especially him, he's a he's a singer, so he you know his hooks is like. You know, you could always collaborate with certain people. Blast has <laughs> the certain pitch and the certain voice that, and I'm going to I'm gonna say this ahead of time so we can look at this another 10, 15 years from now and we'll see that I'm probably right. I feel like Blast has almost worked himself into like, oh, uh, like a Nate Dogg position. Yeah, that's what people, especially, yeah. I mean, us being on the West Coast, we know. Right. But even with Nate Dogg, he, um, I would, and no disrespect to Nate Dogg, I think Blast might have uh, a higher projection as a solo artist True. than Nate Dogg because Nate Nate <clears throat> and no like and I'm not trying to disrespect Nate Dogg he he for sure a legend yeah. and he does have like solo songs that were yeah, uh, was, like yeah. amazing um, but second to none when it comes to hooks twenty one questions uh, yeah. oh my god this is area codes ludicrous yeah. um, yes he got I forget the name of the song with Eminem. Um, ain't no fun. I'll, like just yeah. straight. Like I'm sure when they was like, they like, yo, Nate, we need one of them, and he just they put on a beat and he just go in the booth and start singing. When you play, <clears throat> ain't no fun if the homie can't have none. Everybody knows the words to that song, yeah. and the word the words, especially Nate Dogs, yeah. is disgusting. But he's singing them. Yeah. So I was like, cause you gave me all your pussy, yeah. and you even licked my balls. Yeah. And, then, and what's funny is, is like especially in today's world, it'll be women in the club, and that song will come on, and yeah. they'll be like, "And you even lick my yeah, balls." They singing it. Yeah, but usually those are women around my age. Yeah, but I probably the like younger people really, they don't think they indulge in like. Nah, for sure. They, um, I played it yesterday. Um, what? I was, I was low key DJing yesterday at my at my cousin's. Uh, DJ Keith. DJ Keith. <laughs> Everybody put your glasses in the air. DJ Sweaty Balls. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I was like, because uh, my, um, my, I guess he's my uncle technically, but he's my uh, my aunt remarried, but her husband was uh, DJing and he he don't really, like, it was, you know, they're young. My my cousin just turned 21, so, and it was also her her younger sisters. She, she I think she's turning 16, but... Um, you know, they're young. So he was he started off playing like some older music and stuff like that. And everybody was just sitting down chilling. And then, uh, you know, he started playing like the dance songs, um, like the Stinky Leg. You always got to throw those in there. Mm-hmm. But probably like halfway through the function, um, they kept t- calling me over to find songs. And I was just like, man, just let me let me do it. And I was mm-hmm. just playing like... I played that. So you got to like throw it in there. You got to ease like the OG songs in there. And mm-hmm. that song came on and like pe- the, the they knew the words. I mm-hmm. even played, uh, you know, that Sugar Free song? Like, bitch, why you boot? Yeah. Yeah, that, I played that song and they was like, they was low-key dancing to that too. So. <clears throat> yeah. Like, bullshit. That shit always Shout going. Sugar Free. 
Yeah, that shit going. Sugar free is a. Uh, not to be like name dropping, but we went to his house and he was like a very interesting, very interesting person. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> talked about it. You went to Sugar Free's house. Yeah. Yeah. And what was that in Big Bear, you said? Yeah. And it's, it's real. That whole like pimp culture, that thing, like the way they, you know, they treat their women and stuff like that. It's a real, it's a real thing. And he like, had women there, huh? He had one. He had one. He got it like, I guess it's his real partner or his real girl, but like, uh-huh. um, the way that he like communicates with her is like that real very, pimp culture, very, very pimpery. Yeah, very pimpery. Yeah, like, go grab me some of that milk over there, your baby. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get some of that sauce that you had other last night. I will say, um, sugar free is probably like, as far as the o- like the OGs, the old West Coast rappers, because um, you know it'd it be from the nineties. It'd be people <clears throat> still trying to make music. Um, and some of it is not that good. Like not, yeah. some of it doesn't age that well. But Sugar Free probably played like twenty songs, and he's still like a legit, really, really good rapper. Wow. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's just kind of unfortunate. Like recently, <clears throat> you see the most recent verses with Bone Thugs and Three Six Mafia almost getting a fight. That's crazy. Was that Busy Bone? Yeah, he's too old. He's like, I'm gonna tell y'all, y'all don't be mocking me when I'm doing my shit. Yeah, and he just like threw a mic or a bottle of water. Devil worshiping six 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 mafia. <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest one. That was the wrong group, dude. They fucked up. They shouldn't have three six mafia against Bone Thugs. They should have Wu Tang against against Bone Thugs. That would have made more sense. There's more Why members say that? because there's more like. 3-6 Mafia got a decent amount of original members, mm-hmm. but it really came down to like DJ Paul, Juicy J, and like Crunchy Black. It was only three of them. And then they had a bunch of old original members, but they didn't really stick together. I it, think what well, the leverage they have is that Juicy J has a crazy solo career. Yeah, he does. So they could, I, I could see that. I think that they, them two, their music is more like closely related mm. as far as like tone and stuff like that, but... Um, I, I don't know if anybody could battle Wu Tang. Wu Tang shut them <clears throat> down. Wu Tang shutting as far as the group goes. Yeah, Wu Tang would have shut, shut them down. Solo careers, group projects, you know, just Rizzo on a production. Like you know, it's, you can't beat that. That's unfor- Like Bone Thugs is the only group that could be up on the stage with Wu Tang. Because there ain't no other ones. But I I don't even think that because the way that the way that uh, uh um. Wu Tang is put together. It's like you got producers, you got yeah. freaking rappers, and then they could leverage like you know the TV shows and acting. And it's just like seeing Method Man is like you know one yeah. of the, you know up and he's not. I won't say I call him an up and coming <clears throat> actor, but he kind of he's making his own oh, noise yeah. as far as acting now oh, and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. And then yeah. RZA is like scoring movies and all kind yeah, of you know, yeah. crazy stuff. I just don't. I think Bone Thugs they have like crit, like hits, hits for sure. Yeah, um, and maybe bigger hits. But I just think like the the way that Wu Tang is like put together, like it's just different. I'm wondering <laughs> like what can um, what can like Migos? Who could they go up with? The Migos have they already battled? <laughs> no, they haven't been on there. Haven't been on there. The Migos, it, yeah, that would be tough. Um, Fuck. Cause they got a lot of they got legit number one records. I was what if what about this may sound a little crazy, but Migos versus Ray Shrimmer. Oh fuck! So Ray Shrimmer, Sway Lee got Sway Ooh, Lee got hits hits too. They got straights. I think I think honestly, 
I think Ray Swimmer to watch them. Really? Bro, they got yeah. some bangers, dude. No they, flex. Zone. They got two. And <laughs> the thing is, is I don't even like they got around the same size catalog. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I think Ray Swimmer to watch Migos, bro. And Migos yeah. is dope as a group. Yeah. But yeah, damn, that's a trip. When we seen we seen them live too. Yeah. That's that pretty, was pretty dope. dope. Yeah. That's dope, man. That was really dope, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, switching gears. Um, you brought it up. I, I just it dawned on me right now. Fucking Joel Osteen. Mm-hmm. Recently, um, a plumber found cash and checks stashed in a wall at Joel Osteen's mega Houston mega church. A plumber doing a repair at, jo- at Pastor Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church found hundreds of envelopes of cash and checks hidden in a wall that police think is connected to a massive twenty four theft at the Houston mega church. Officers were called to the church on November tenth. To investigate the discovery, according to a statement from the Houston Police Department, church members stated that during the renovation project, a large amount of money, including cash checks and money orders, was found inside a wall, the statement said. Uh, police said the evidence from the recovered checks suggested the envelopes are connected to the March 20, March 9, March 9, 2014 theft of undisclosed amounts of money from the church. CNN reported at the time about six hundred thousand to two hundred thousand in cash and four hundred thousand in checks oh was taken gosh. from the church safe. The money can be from contributions given on March eighth and March 9th. Nigga, you made that Just much money in, two, in one day? Oh my gosh! Joel Osteen is pimping. That's not even. Jeez, man! Burglary and theft officers in, intervened, um, or, or excuse me, in, inventoried and documented. The recovered money and left it in in the custody of the church because it was property found on its premises. The statement said police said the investigation is ongoing. Lakewood Church confirmed the discovery and the statement provided to CNN, but did not provide additional information because the investigation is still active. Um, I'll just say this: I, I'll be the first to say it before it comes out. Joel Osteen is a crook. Okay, Joel, <laughs> Joel Osteen is a crook. Something's wrong with this guy. And that money that came up missing is in his wall, like that. That's just too convenient. I, I don't. I don't know if it necessarily points to that. I think it could be a couple of different things. I think that. Um. I think that somebody might have stole money from the church. I think that's mm. possible, and I also think that um, maybe if it was on the hands of Joel Joel Osteen that he just didn't want to pay no tax well, he's a there's a this a non-profit it's a church non-profit pay no taxes that, yeah. that was one day of money that's a lot of money yeah I, I just don't know why he would hide money in a wall if that was him i think that there might be some people that are working possibly like underneath him cuz in order to get money in a wall like that you need like some contracted yeah. You know, and not necessarily, you could have a handyman do the job, but you need somebody that knows what they're doing as far as plumbing and putting mm-hmm. up walls and stuff like that. So that's yeah. not no no regular. Here's a here's a, a part two. It says, there was a loose toilet in the wall and we removed the tile. Uh, went to go remove the toilet and move some insulation away. About 500 envelopes fell out of the wall. That's and I was so like, crazy. oh, wow, the caller said. Um the caller said he contract he con- contacted the maintenance supervisor and turned in the money. Man, I'm gonna keep it like this. If I find six hundred thousand dollars that fall out of a wall, I'm gonna report two hundred thousand. Because <laughs> if I I know some, it might, here's the thing: I'm not a thief at all. But if I come across some shit like that, that's I'm, yours, huh? I'm already no, I'm already in fear for my life. Yeah, because I found all this money, and you know me as a contractor, right? So it's like, yo, like. 
That's some Ozark type shit. Yeah, I'm going to get something out of this. Yeah. Because that shit's crazy. And, and the thing about it, it was in his church like this, bro. It's probably yeah. why he didn't want nobody coming up in his church when that fucking flood in, New, was it New Orleans when it happened? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> I, I, I probably just because, um, I don't know, I got a strong fear of God. I just don't, I wouldn't necessarily, if, if I was doing maintenance on uh, a restaurant or something and that money fell out or even, a, you know, an arena or something and that fell out. Um, I wouldn't mind keeping it, but I don't know about a church. But That's crazy. Yeah. This this has like a, a crazy <clears throat> outcome written all over it. Like this mm-hmm. might be one of the most uh, you know, notorious findings in a long, long time. There's some drug dealer shit. That's what yeah. drug dealers do. Yeah. And by the way, if you think that that's the only money he's got hidden <clears throat> in that mega church, he could have got that mega church in some way to hide money. Because here you gotta understand. Somebody who's doing something and, and may not be doing something 100% legal may be afraid that they're going to come for you one day. And when they come for you, you will have things that, that you, you wash the money somehow or you actually hood, you hid cash in your church. So worst come to worst, you can always have access to it. So, dog, anybody that have a fucking mega church that makes this much money, it's like, dog. I don't think I think you using the Lord as a business. You're not really like I don't know, bro. I, it's it's hard for me to take these like televangelist people seriously. <laughs> yeah, have you ever heard of um, Peter Popoff? Mm-mm. Oh my God, yo, Peter Popoff was the worst motherfucker ever, bro. I've heard the name in like rap songs, bro. Peter Popoff was the worst televangelist. Okay, uh, Peter George Popoff is a German-born American televangelist and, and debunked. And debunked clairvoyant and faith healer, he was exposed in 1986 for using a concealed earpiece to receive to receive audio messages from his wife, who gave him the names, addresses, and ailments of audience members during pop-off led religious services. So he was acting like a healer, but his wife was like, "They got back problems. They got they got a bad gallbladder. They got cancer." These dudes are this. It's so eerie, man. It's disgusting, man. Even, even when you look at, you ever just look at someone and you be like, "Yo, it's something off about them." Yeah, he like, went to prison too. <clears throat> yeah, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. But I, I think uh, the miracle water too. I see it right here. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> he was selling the yeah, miracle water, yo. That. Yep. Um, but um, when you look, the way he looks, like. It's just something evil about him. Yeah. And, you know, when you start to see, like, these are the type of people that get caught up or you see certain mugshots and you're like, oh, that's kind of right in line. Like, his energy kind of lets you know that he there was something, like, uh, um, illegal going on. So, I, as far as Joe Osteen, and I hope it's not true. I don't want... Um, you know that to be the case, but when you when you kind of look at it, you just kind of put two and two together. You're just like, man, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's crazy. Peter Popoff or these televangelists will be like, I want you to give your life to Jesus Christ. I want you to put your hands up and and say this. I will donate twenty four ninety nine and ninety nine mm-hmm. cents to the Faith Ministries because the Lord wants me to heal myself. You'd be like, you guys are gonna burn in hell. No, I I had I remember when I was in New Mexico, um, I was going to this uh, this church on campus, and um, 
it started out cool. Like one of my friends had invited me to go and I would, it, it was like a Thursday night thing where you would show up to the church. And then on Saturday mornings, they had these like ultimate Frisbee games, which were pretty cool. And um, there was this guy and I, I wish I, I don't want to reveal his name, but I don't remember his name anyways. Um, but um, they, they were kind of like uh, recruiters in a sense. Like, right. you know, you would go to church a little bit and then, you know, eventually exchange numbers like, hey, man, would you mind if I, uh, you know, reach out to you or like let you know when the, uh, with the Ultimate Frisbee game started and stuff like that. So, you know, we exchange information and stuff like that and uh, we build somewhat of a relationship. So, you know, I'm going to church on Thursdays. I'm playing Ultimate Frisbee um, pretty much every weekend. Maybe a week or, a weekend goes by where um, I, I get kind of busy and I can't make it out there. And they text me and let me know that there's going to be a game and stuff, right? So that kind of went on for, for a few weeks. And then um, I might have fell off a little bit. And then the guy messaged me. He's like, hey, man, you know, would you mind, uh, you know, meeting me on campus? Maybe we can, you know, grab uh, lunch or something like that and, um, you know, just chop it up for like an hour or so. So mm-hmm. I met him. <clears throat> And what I felt like, I felt like he was kind of pressing me a little bit. Right, right. Like there were certain events coming up, like church events, like, hey, you know, we're, we're doing this. Just let me know if you can make it or just um, we're going to such and such for a weekend, um, a camping trip or something like that. It, you know, it's only this much like, you know, that those kind of things. And it wasn't bad, but you could kind of tell he was pressing a little yeah. bit. Right? So uh, we met for to have uh, lunch or whatever. Right. So. We chopping it up, you know, telling me how school's going. He's kind of telling me about himself. I think he ra- he was, uh, I think he was raised. He's from Michigan or something like that, and he had came to New Mexico to, you know, you know, work with the church and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? So, um, the conversation came up about like what I do for a little extra money on the side, and I was like, yeah, right now I do like Amazon stuff. So, you mm-hmm. know, I was telling him like basically what I do is I go to Walmart. I buy discounted items and then I'll, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll ship them to eBay. eBay takes care of the customer service. So I'm giving him the whole rundown. Yeah. And um, me, I was like, yo, it's, it's pretty easy. So I was like, hey, man, like, um, you should you should do it too. It's, it's pretty easy. And he's like, oh, that seems pretty cool. He's like, ah, honestly, like, you know, I can't even do that. He's like, basically, he said, like, the way that um, our job is set up is like, I can't make more than $500 outside of the church. He's like, I kind of get paid in other ways as far as like recruitment and stuff like that. And I was, and it it hit me. I was like, oh, I was like, it's so unfortunate like that, you know, I almost had like a disdain towards the way they operate. Yeah. Cause I was like, it's, it shouldn't be like a a monetization connected to your recruitment because it seems, it doesn't seem legit. You're monetizing Jesus Christ, bro. Yeah, it doesn't seem your, and I, and I, like, as far as, you know, running a church and stuff, you have to get paid because, you know, you're primarily doing, you may be preaching three days out of the week, four days out of the week, Mm -hmm. can't have a real job. But I'm just saying, like, when it comes to, um, the eagerness in which you wanted to meet with me, you know, bring me to church and all these different things, it kind of um, put a sour taste in my mouth because it's like, are you doing this because you genuinely care about me? Are you doing this because, you know, you genuinely want to bring people, you know, to God and all this kind of stuff? Or is it just because you, um, like, you want to get paid more money? And I don't believe in that paying your tithes thing. Why not? I just don't. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I guess, I forgot what percentage of what you make. You, 10%. That's too much. 10% of my money to go to church? I can't just show up here and and, and put money in the plate? <laughs> it is optional, though. You yeah, don't have to do it. Yeah, you don't have to do it. But it's yeah. just like that whole idea of a percentage yeah. of, like, you don't deserve any access to anything. I think that me giving you anything should only be an organic exchange. Mm-hmm. If I come to church 
20 times and I and I only donate twice, then I should be able to do that. Yeah. But it's crazy that these mega churches, dude, they it was over $600,000 in one day. How much money? Man, let me look up this man's net worth. It's got to be stupid. Joel Osteen's net worth. Joel Osteen, uh, net worth salary. Joel Osteen is an American preacher, televangelist, has net worth of $100 million. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of money. Oh, my God, dude. $100 million. <laughs> he's, he's making more than that. Oh, my goodness. Joel Osteen's car. He, oh, he got so many cars. <laughs> dude. And the thing is, I'm not pocket watching, but it's like, it's just kind of, it's, it's a little odd to see people that, you know, talk about the Lord and they got Lamborghinis and Bentleys and. I don't, I don't have that same gripe. I think like, I don't know. I think, you know, you, as far as even being a, uh, a Joe Osteen kind of person, you, you, you're, he's famous now. So, yeah. you know, the. The amount of money that he's probably making from the church is like kind of pales in comparison to like his brand. I'm sure he's selling books and has a publishing company. Yeah. And, you know, he probably has uh, his sermons uh, syndicated and all this kind of stuff. So. Yeah, T.D. Jakes up there too, though. The T.D. Jakes be getting money. Yeah, it's got him at 20 million. Yeah, I have a T.D. Jakes book I'm reading right now. I've never seen anybody sweat more than T.D. Jakes. Yeah, yeah, real. T.D. Jakes be sweating out. T.D. Jakes is funny now because, like, um, he used to always wear suits when he was preaching. Now he be wearing, like, Burberry and Gucci and stuff like that. What? Really? Yeah, he be wearing, like, he be wearing, he be wearing drip. Yeah, for me. But he be dripping, so. He yeah, he be dripping sweat. He should just be wearing a headband at this <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> I just think for me, and this is just me speaking, like, if, if I'm making a lot of money, that's fine, but... If I'm driving a Bentley to church, I just feel a little bit weird if the people driving up to the church barely have enough gas to get there. Or they they, you know, their cars are breaking down in my parking lot. I just feel like I'm not saying that these aren't giving pastors that don't give back to the community, mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like, yo, one of my number one reasons to have a lot of money is to to be of service to others. So yeah. if I was to have 40, 50 million dollars tomorrow. I would be utilizing that money not only to secure my future and continue to make more money and make lucrative business deals, but also to look into my community and say, like, who's fucked up right now? Who's starving? Who doesn't have anything to eat? Who doesn't yeah. have who who doesn't have a car? Who yeah. can't pay their utilities? You know, things like that. I th- I think it only um I think I don't think broken Christian shit like go hand in hand. So I don't want preachers to like be broke i think it only no i think it only looks bad on joel osteen because he has a history of not allowing people to camp out in his his church when the flood came or exactly or the well, would you want somebody in your mega church when you got all that fucking money in the walls nah i mean you gotta understand why he didn't let him in and this goes back to when how long ago was that a couple of years maybe yeah let's see that was a couple of years ago um uh... Let's see. Okay, here it is. Joel Osteen defends not opening Lakewood Church. Let's open this. This is 2017. Mm-hmm. Joel Osteen defends not opening Lakewood Church in Houston's in Houston to Harvey victims. It was in Harvey in Houston. Uh, Sixteen thousand capacity Lakewood Church has been criticized on social media for not opening its doors. 
But you got to understand why. Because he was hiding money. What did he say? Oh, what did he say? Oh, he said, fuck all you motherfuckers. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. Um, he said, uh, Houston preacher Joel Osteen Megachurch is now welcoming Texans displaced by Hurricane Harvey following an onslaught of social media criticism for initially st- staying shut. On Tuesday, Osteen tweeted that his church is providing shelter for hurricane victims. Victoria and I deeply care our fellow Houstonians. Lakewood <clears throat> doors are open and we are receiving anyone who needs shelter, he wrote. By the afternoon, hundreds of volunteers had arrived to collect bags with uh, with donations from locals, cars lined with buildings, per- perimeter, as people waited to hand in their donation. Paul, o- Paul Osteen, Joel Osteen's brother, said in Facebook Live on the megachurch page that doctors and nurses had arrived to volunteer at Lakewood. He said the church had set up a medical center for those in need. Joel Olson said in a statement late Monday that he never shut his doors to those in need and shared pictures that appeared to show the church, which seats thousands, had experienced flooding in order to back up claims the church was inaccessible. So it was, it was I remember they showed a picture, actually. The and crazy thing about Joel Olsen is, like, he really doesn't have to talk. Like, this, state, this, this money in the wall, he don't have to say nothing. He could show up on Sunday and give a sermon and then just go home. Yeah, that's it. He doesn't. He's not going to address it because first of all, the people that go to his mega church, they they already are enamored by him. Mm-hmm. The, the the thing that makes me sick though is when people look at their pastor as almost a godlike figure. Yeah. That's when I got a fucking problem. Yeah, Joel Osteen is a man, a very rich man. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't feel bad for him and don't praise him. You should praise God. I think you you probably should skip church that Sunday and stay home and just open the book. <laughs> Cause this guy, that shit's that's some that's some fucking Pablo Escobar shit, man. Yeah, you got shit hidden in the wall. Did you know that that every year Escobar, Pablo Escobar, lost well over a million dollars just because it rotted and rats ate it. Mm-hmm. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, he's got money still hidden. Did you know he still has money hidden all over the place right now? I believe it. There are some people that out though. No, nah, not all of it. There, there are some people that found money in big drums. Mm-hmm. And it's wrapped up with a bunch of like plastic and wrapped up. One mm-hmm. dude found a big drum in the ground, deep in it, open it up, and there's money in it. And it wasn't rotten. It wasn't nah. rotten. Mm-mm. That's the. I mean, it, that stuff. If any sort of moisture gets in there, yeah, know, it starts to rot and stuff like that. All depends. It's stuck though. together and stuff. You get stuck together, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it can happen very easily because it's money. Yeah, it's but, just cotton, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I just wonder what what you can do to save it. You probably could put some type of salt or something in there, something that keeps the moisture out. Yeah, or just do some seal it airtight. But I think um, this is going to be an amazing movie one day. If this, if this is like a real, if this is really connected to some illegal stuff, that Joe Osteen story is going to be a crazy like FX six part series mini series or something like that. All right, let's see here. Pablo Escobar's money found. A nephew of the drug lord, Pablo Escobar, said he found $25 million in cash hidden in the wall of one of the infamous criminals' homes. Mm-hmm. Mr. Escobar told local network, local television network, uh, Red Plus uh, Noticia, that it was not the first time he had discovered cash in his uncle's safe houses where he stashed it while evading authorities. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. How much of Pablo money has been found? At one time, the most most wanted man on planet, 
the infamous drug lord Pablo Escobar buried huge amounts of his estimated 50 billion fortune all over Colombia. That's crazy. This motherfucker had 50 billion back then, yo. Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world. What is he worth now? Like 200 some billion? I don't know. Yeah, I think he's worth like 200 some billion dollars, mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos. So pound for pound, Pablo Escobar is richer than Jeff Bezos because the value of money in the early 90s, late mm-hmm. 80s, this motherfucker had billions back then. Mm-hmm. It's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. People sure love cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to cocaine, yo. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. DJ Keith! <laughs> if I was Keith doing DJing, I would just say some random. Put your hands in the air if you love fried chicken. <laughs> All the single ladies, make some noise. <laughs> if you got high blood pressure, make some noise. <laughs> <laughs> That's comedy. Yeah. All right. Switching gears. Do 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 do. My phone. Wow. My phone. Up. Uh, switching gears. Sandra Bullock. Um, Sandra Bullock recently made a statement on the Red Table Talk, and she was talking about her adopted kids. And the statement had regarded that um, sometimes she wishes her kids uh, with a, that their skin colors matched. All right. And here's the thing. Let me go read the article. Actress Sandra Bullock recently opened up about being a parent to her adopted African-American children in a Red Table Talk interview with Jada Pinkett Smith and Adrienne Banfield Norris. Uh, And renowned actress Sandra Bullock is one of the most brilliant stars in Hollywood. She is known for impressive performances in several movies such as Blindside, Bird Box, and Ocean's 8. The 57-year-old icon, hey, she pretty hot for 57. She was getting, was she, wasn't she getting smacked in Bird Box? She getting smacked by some black guy like yeah. Keith. Yeah. She getting smacked by a black guy that looked like Keith. No way. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, won multiple accolades her career, including the Academy Award, the Golden Globe Award. Bullock was among the highest actresses paid in the industry. All right. Um, don't, need to, don't need to mention all this extra yeah, stuff. Yeah, they just put her resume yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, the resume is <clears> just at the beginning. Um Basically, to make a long story short, she mentioned, she says, sometimes I wish their skin colors match um, because it would be easier. Mm. Meaning, <clears throat> first of all, I don't, I don't think that that thought or her, I don't think she's racist at all. I just think that that statement is pretty powerful because it shows the difficulty in uh, raising, some ch- raising a child that's a different culture than you. So she mentioned, like, I can never teach my kids, like, how to be black or what it means to be black, you know? Um, and it's different. Like, for example, I think that imagine I was to adopt or Keith was to adopt and, you know, we're black, our wife is black, our family is black, and we adopt a Mexican kid. We could never teach a Latino or a Mexican kid about his culture. Like we don't have the we we aren't we don't have we don't know all the endless nuances of his culture as much as we could you know say things or whatever. I think it's important for someone to understand the roots of their culture. And people say like we're all the same, nobody's different. We just different race. False. Mm-hmm. We don't grow up eating the same exact foods. We don't grow up using the same exact hair products. We don't grow up doing these things. And at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's just the fact that we need to stop sugarcoating it and acting like we're all the same because we're fucking not. Yeah, I I, I remember um, my uh, one of my high school teammates, football teammates, and uh, one of my boys. His name is Isaiah. 
so uh, the guy, I don't want to say his name, but he, he um, his parents, I don't know if it was his parents or his sister or his aunt or something. Some someone in his family, in his immediate family, had adopted um, a black kid, right? And this dude sent in, in a group chat. He sent us a picture of uh, the the kid's head, and he was like, "Hey, to me and my boy Isaiah, he's like, hey, do you guys know what these are and how to get rid of these knots?" And um, basically, the picture that he sent us was just a nappy-headed kid. Right. And I just say that to say, like, he was just so clueless. And right. he thought it was something wrong with his head. Crazy. When all he needed was a brush. And niggas just had a nappy head. <laughs> um, but that's the type of, like, despair that happens between, you yeah. know, white parents that that uh, adopt these black kids. Just, just anybody in general. But in this, for this, uh, in regards to this subject matter, white like if you look at your if your if you look at your circle of friends and your family and you happen to be white, just naturally most people are white in there. Mm-hmm. So you never had any challenges in that regard, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't mean you racist because you don't got a lot of black friends. Sometimes it's just how to this is how the cards line up sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But when you make it a point or when you make it you know your your um, life's purpose to adopt, which is fine, but you and you get a black child. And that child does not see hardly any black people. Imagine what that does. Mm-hmm. Like that kid's being brought up in a culture that's not reflective of who he is. Mm-hmm. So the thing about it, if you got, if you happen to have a nucleus of people around you, like you, you've had a, a best friend that's black for the last 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. and you have a black child, you have somebody mm-hmm. that you directly are linked to that can more or less be like a, a portal. Yeah. To like, if you have any questions, or you could just send your kid with your homie, you know, for an extended amount of time. But people yeah. don't realize that this is a real. It's something to say. It's a real problem, but it's a real issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the thing. Like I was telling you before, I think. Um, I first want to say that Sandra Bullock has done a great thing. Yes, she like, has adopting children. Um, you know, without her adopting that child, and I don't know where she got them from. Hundred percent. You know these kids that don't get adopted. Sometimes they end up in group homes. Sometimes yeah. they end up on the streets or Prison. whatever. Like they, yeah, exactly. Um, they, they, she, she's done a great thing by essentially saving that kid's life. But right. um, um, I think it's for her, and she, you know, who I don't know who who her real friends are. Sometimes we like to, as casual people or civilians, we like to, you know, put people together just because they made a movie together or just because they're both celebrities and stuff so her real friends may literally be just some soccer moms that you know live in her neighborhood or something like that one may be a doctor one may be you know the husband or the the wife to a to a lawyer or something like that or a dentist whatever the case may be but um I think it would be great for her um and important for her kids maybe and I don't think that she's friends with these people but right. you know say she friends with Will Smith drop her kids off over at Will Smith house or you know say she uh she friends with Jay-Z take them you know send them over to the Carter's house so they could just just be around mm. you know their own culture cuz I think um it's it's the the parenting I I'm pretty sure she's a, a great parent she's yeah. she probably know how to teach her kid how to 
you know, you know, make sure they're uh, getting good grades, make sure they're respectful and all these different things. But when it comes to just the the cultural nuances and it's the same thing with the uh, Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick situation where, yeah. you know, I think his parents were great parents. They raised him to be respectful. Obviously, he was really smart and got good grades, um, but it was just something missing. And yeah. I think that that's the, the type of thing that it's not even your job to do so it's but it is i think your job to make sure that they are informed make sure that they're in a space where they can um at least communicate with people from from their own culture because i think a lot of those people like in um like colin kaepernick's situation like they 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 make this hard turn because they didn't really grow up in it Right. Um, but for people like us, it's kind of regular. You know, we've yeah. always kind of been like aware of black things and aware of black culture. Um, but sometimes, sometimes it could be like a hard turn, or sometimes it could be a, a rude awakening. Like, yeah, you know, they could be getting put, like the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air episode where Carlton oh, yeah, thinks yeah, that he up. like good. You know what I mean? My dad mm-hmm. is the judge or the lawyer or whatever, and um, he not really aware of like what's really yeah, going on in the we'll, world. Yeah, we'll know what was up. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's a trip. Mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock is a great mother in Bird Box. I think uh, that counts for something. Yeah, true. What she should have did, what Sandra Bullock should have did, is she should have asked that black dude she was having sex with in the movie about the uh, how to raise a black kid. <laughs> she was too busy, too busy getting smacked. <laughs> she should have asked Tom. That was his name, right? The black dude's name was Tom? I don't remember. Yeah, Bird Box dude, was a good movie. Dude was uh, like a legit athlete. Yeah, he was. He ran track at like Texas or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's a pretty good actor. He's in a few mm-hmm. films. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that what was funny about that too is the dude, that's a young dude. That dude's only like, he's not even 30. He's like 28 or something. Mm-hmm. What, what's funny about it is, is the age gap is wild. Yeah. Oh, oh, white cheeks. Yeah. She's mm. like, she's 57, which is crazy. And Bird Box came out, Bird Box came out when? Was it a couple years ago? Like two years ago? Maybe longer than that. Really? Yeah. I would say... Three or four. It was a Netflix exclusive film <clears throat> when it came out. Yeah, it was a minute ago. Let's see. Uh, I guess four. That was a minute ago. I remember everybody had those memes. Yeah. 2018. 2018, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I forgot Machine Gun Kelly was in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right after he had that beef with Eminem. Yeah. Yo, Machine Gun Kelly was winning after that, yo. He got Megan Good. I mean, not Megan Good. Megan Fox. Megan Fox, yeah. Yeah. Tom, that's the black dude's name in the movie. Trevante mm-hmm. Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude is dude is. Oh no, my bad. Yeah, he's thirty one. Thirty one. Yeah, he's, he's barely, still young. Still young dude. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's a good film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just. But it, it, I think I, I I what I was telling you before too. I was like, um, this isn't her first rodeo. Um, she played, you know, the character in The Blind Side. So I don't yeah. I don't know if her ki- her kids were she got her kids prior to that or, bef- or or after that or whatever but um I think that she she genuinely cares and I and I don't want black people to you yeah. know try to like throw her under the bus yeah. or you know bash her or whatever things, yeah. yeah it's not I think f- she's done the greatest deed you know trying to adopt those kids yeah. cuz there's a lot of black people that may give her um, some sort of flack for her statement, but would not go down to that adoption agency and that's you know, a fact. Try to adopt a kid, even if they that's were black or Mexican or whatever the case. That's a be. fact. That's why I meant. That's why I mentioned at the top of it. I don't think she's <clears throat> racist at all. I just think she had, she had a real moment and a real feeling, and that's how she really felt. But the fact that people don't understand nuance and they don't, they can't have a real conversation without just trying to tear someone apart. They don't even want to hear it. 
I, mm-hmm. I think that honestly, she would have did a better job about of keeping this to herself and keeping this to like a conversation in person with somebody because people are too ignorant to actually um, be open minded enough to see how she was feeling. Mm-hmm. The statement she was basically making is, is this is more difficult than I intended. Yeah. And although I love my child, regardless of them being black or whatever they are, um, it is more difficult because I don't want to rob them of their culture. Mm-hmm. I don't want to impede them. I love them. I want to help them. However, I don't want to impede them for something that they would receive naturally if they had a black mother. Yeah. That's but all she really was saying. I think it's an impor- uh, important conversation and not necessarily for us because just like the um, similarly to the Colin Kaepernick thing, that wasn't mm-hmm. really for us. A lot of that was for... He's uh, adopted, but some of that was for the biracial kid, right, and then right. some of that was for the the adopted, you know, mm-hmm. kid that has parents that are not the same right. ethnicity. But um, I think that conversation is important, and it may be a niche conversation. But there are um, parents out there, like the Angelina Jolie's, and obviously Colin Kaepernick's yeah. um, parents, and you know, a couple other uh, people out there that have adopted. Um, black kids and i think that their struggle is important to them you know what i mean their struggle as far as like the identity crises that their um children may go through or you know just like you were saying teaching them about their own culture or you know or understanding or the lack of understanding that you may have when your child experiences different racism and discrimination and stuff like that. Just like in Colin Kaepernick's situation, his parents were really dismissive of some of the stuff that he was going through. Like, oh, it, you know, it wasn't that bad. She was just checking in on us and, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's kind of that uh, that kind of blinders that those yeah. type of parents have on. You, but, yeah. You actually have family that uh, have adopted. Yeah, my aunt, she, um, her kids are... Uh, Mexican, mm-hmm. both of them are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So the thing about it is, is although you know the love is already there, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, it's just as they get older. But there are people in the family that are Mexican. Even, even, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Even, um, like uh, I have a couple. I think uncles that adopted, um, like kids prior to them getting with the mom. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. So like. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my uncle Jerome, he had a um, he had a relationship with this woman, and she had a, ch- a white child before getting to uh-huh. and them getting together. And he adopted her, so that's a you know a, another thing in itself, you know. So that's a trip, though. Yeah. I think if if you have, I think that here's <clears throat> the thing, though. If you do, regardless, if you if you have if you're a black family and you have and you adopt a white kid. That kid is still going to be black leaning, mm-hmm. you know. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they're going to be black leaning, meaning that you know the things they say, um, the things they do are going to be more in line with black culture. And it's yeah. not a bad thing, but yeah. it's just you become a you become a product of your environment. Mm-hmm. And I know some people that's like like there are some people that that have been or even not even that. Like I, I know this dude where his mom is Mexican, but his dad is his stepdad is black. Mm-hmm. But his stepdad been there since he was like one. Mm-hmm. But he's That's basically his dad. But he's black. He's like black leaning. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm curious to see how my uh, my younger cousins they they're like 
six and four or six mm-hmm. and five or something right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just too young to actually have like a real like mm-hmm. identity. identity yeah. But yeah, I'd be curious to know when they start to become, because they already be like my aunt, she'd be braiding their hair. They'd be wearing do-rags to sleep and stuff <laughs> like that. So I'm curious to see how they'd be acting when they're 13, 14, <laughs> listening to rap music and whatnot. Oh, that's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, they def- like, it's, it's like, the thing is, too, is it's, it's just it's just the culture, man. Yeah, it's just the culture. It's the culture. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I know some people, well, I, I, well, I lived in, the, in Delano back in the day mm-hmm. uh, for seven years. And I know this dude, I ain't going to say no names, but he grew up in Delano. And when mm-hmm. I talked to him, he speaks, obviously, English, mm-hmm. but he has a little bit of a Spanish accent, mm-hmm. even though he's black. Oh, wow. Damn, that's Swear. crazy. Yes. Like still to this day? Yes. Wow. It, it, it's like he obviously speaks regular English, mm-hmm. but he has a accent as if he's about to speak Spanish, but he doesn't speak Spanish. Ah, uh, dang. I got to hear this. Yeah, That's bro. That's crazy. Yeah, bro. He sound like uh, one of those baseball players. No, he just sound like you talking to one of your homies, bro. Like, like it's just the, the like... For example, me and you talking, mm-hmm. but they know based off of our dialect that we're black. Yeah. The same as if you're talking to one of your Mexican Oh, homies. I got you. Yeah. 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 And, and it's not know. really like, it just like black people sound, like when you're talking on the phone, somebody sound black, but he might sound like he could pass for being Mexican. A hundred percent. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's, That's crazy. Yeah. How do, I wonder how that works, because I feel like, I feel like there's a, uh, I wonder if it's the tone of mm-hmm. our voices or it's the way we speak, if that makes sense. Cause you cause I say that to say like when there's a white person, like say uh you got like an Eminem right. who when he first started rapping, a lot of people didn't even know he was white. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he, he kinda he I guess he's in terms of what we're saying, he's kinda like black leaning. You right, know I mean? exactly. So I, I say that to say like I wonder if um Eminem is a white person that kind of favors his tone of voice sounds black, but you also know he's a white boy. You just know right. he kind of sounds black. Right. So I right. wonder what that the the guy you're talking about does he like sound like sound a black sound like a black guy sounding a little bit like Hispanic or something? Yeah, because that's, that's, <clears throat> that's exactly how he sounds. Oh, okay, yeah, that's yep. interesting. Yeah, but that's just what it is, man. Mm-hmm. If you if you're around a bigger group of people, they they basically they they own that space. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like that one white kid that hangs out with nothing but black guys, mm-hmm. like, they own that space. Mm-hmm. You know? There's some places in, in, and there's some places in America that are indirectly still segregated, especially in the South. Mm-hmm. And if you got a couple white dudes that go there, they're going to have gold teeth in their mouth, man. Yeah. Gold, yeah. gold teeth and braids. <laughs> there was a dude, uh, <laughs> there was a dude that came from New York or something mm-hmm. like that when I went to Kern. And he showed up. He had a he had a, a freaking pea coat, and it's not cold enough in Bakersfield to ever wear a pea coat. Wow! He had a, like a pea coat on, and uh, he had like a grill in his mouth. Wow! Was this was in school, high, in junior high. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? It's just so <clears throat> different, man. Parts of the country is so it's like it, like parts of the country is like living in a whole other country. It really is. It's really strange. The way they talk, even the even the lingo, like. You say like a a pie for a pizza in in, in New York and stuff. Yo, let like me that. get a pie, yo. <laughs> yo, what's good? Let me get a pie, yo. That hero, that hero sandwich. Yeah, they be eating chopped cheese and shit. Mm-hmm. You know what's hilarious? That what I hate. I hate people 
that lived in Bakersfield and then they moved to another state and then they become like they was always from there. <laughs> like they'll move to like Texas and like, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? <laughs> like, if you don't shut the fuck up, you only been living there three years, motherfucker. Yeah. That's funny. I've <laughs> I've heard um from a couple people that I have an accent. Really? Like when I was in New Mexico and stuff like that. Yeah, they was I mean, yeah, they yeah. just talk funny. Yeah. Not well, they don't really talk funny in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like um I guess certain words, the way you pronounce them, they would be like, "Oh, I can, I could tell he not from here." But what accent did they they try to narrate? It like it's not, it's not like, it's not a draw like yeah. Texas or something. But it's just the way that I guess I pronounce words that they would be like, "Oh, he's not from New Mexico." You know what I mean? Oh wow, yeah. you just have a very neutral tone, like me. But we live here, is what oh. I'm saying. So somebody in New York, they wouldn't be like, "Yo, I got a New York accent." It's just like I live in New York. This is how we talk. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> Fuck. That's true though. Like mm-hmm. we really don't know how we sound. Yeah, exactly. I you know, you know it's so crazy. I always it, I'm brain brain be working weird sometimes. I was I was wondering one day. I was like, "Yo, what do we sound like to people that don't know English?" Cuz you know when you're hearing uh people speaking Japanese, it sounds very aggressive or yeah. Chinese it sounds very aggressive. Um or you hear like people speaking Spanish, it, it you know it sounds a certain way if you don't know exactly what they're saying. So I was like, dang, I wonder what people hear from us when they don't know what we're saying. Mm. And there is a, a video on YouTube that somebody made that basically lets English speakers know how we sound to people that don't speak English. Wow, and it's it's really weird. But when you hear, it, you'd be like, "Oh, okay, I get it. This is this is how we sound." You know what the problem of Americans, especially like Americans, need to cut this shit out. Like if they don't know Spanish, they'll be like, "I need to use the bathroom o, the bathroom o." <laughs> the, uh, the 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 you the, can't the, just put an o at a the, word. The sink the, the cinco the cinco. Um, <laughs> my name is David O. You're like motherfucker. That's not Spanish. <laughs> Lazy motherfucker. My name is David O. <laughs> yeah. Um, um the Caro. The Caro. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man. Yeah, it's comedy. Yep. But uh looks like we made it to the end of this one, man. Um we appreciate all those for the continuous support. Um yes, we, we've only got three more podcasts to end the year, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we won't make it to that two hundred mark. It'll be after the year, but yeah, yeah, we appreciate. But we you. already started our resolutions now. And we did, consistent man. Consistent with this podcast. Yeah, for reals. We got a few more subscribers to the YouTube, man. Make sure you head over. It's yeah, good. hit that subscribe button. Yeah, the notification bell. All we, that. We, we we need all the subscribers we could get on YouTube, man. Mm-hmm. It's been a tough stretch so far. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. SoundCloud's doing good, but still thugging. Yeah, that YouTube is on. Who that YouTube is doing struggling right mm-hmm. now. That YouTube is on that. You see that thing where that, that old black dude fell off, fell down off those crates, and he's like, "When I fell down." Nah, I didn't see oh, that. Oh, bro, you got to see that shit. That's funny. Yeah, but oh, this is what I want you guys to do: go to TikTok and look up. Just put in "When I Came Down," and it's gonna show that video of that black dude that fell off those crates. Oh, okay. Oh, it's so fucking it hilarious, man. Yeah. All right. Well, if you made it to the end of this podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. We're out of here. Peace. <laughs>